it's been an insane path. I mean, I'm 30 now and for like eight years I've been kind of wandering in the wilderness and it's been a lot of downs and times with horrible depressions and um, it's been it's been really, really hard to get here. That was the voice of Joakim Ingelstad. He's a professional painter based in Norway and he paints landscapes paintings based on imagination and memory. And that makes his art truly unique. My name is Kalle Flodin and you're listening to My True North, where I sit down with a fascinating individual who has been brave enough to go after what they truly want out of life. Joachim is really one of those people who have listened to his inner voice telling him it must be more to life than he had been told. He took his hobby and made it into his full-time living. Welcome to the podcast, Joachim. Thank you for having me. Do you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So I'm. My name is Joachim Ingolstadt. I am 30 years old, and I am an artist, a landscape painter. And I know you thanks to your girlfriend Liana. Yes. And many others may do that as well. As you presented yourself as an artist, where did your artist passion begin? Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I was born into a very artistic family. So my father is a, is an artist too, and my mother was a, a magician. <laughs> okay. And uh, so from very early age, I was kind of um, introduced to the art world and a lot of their friends are artists. And so it was very natural for me. But I did uh, sculptures and little worlds was what I did. I started painting much, much later when I was 19. It was the first time I ever really picked up a brush. So that came, came at a later date. But yeah, that's how it kind of started. And I think you're doing kind of a modern twist on painting painting as well <laughs> you're not only doing like you know uh, strictly canvas you're doing it on mugs on mm-hmm. uh, what do you call uh, lanternas is that how you lanterns say it? yeah lanterns exactly and then even on live streams now how yeah, is that that's very new oh that's fun that's very fun especially i mean you know that too living in the forest it can be quite isolated and um <laughs> i mean i paint all day that's my job and there's obviously no one there i don't have an office where i go into and then being able to invite people from all over the world to participate in a live stream. It, it's brilliant. And yesterday I had a three and a half hour long live stream and people are chatting and I look at the chat and talk the entire time while I paint. It's brilliant. And you do that on Instagram and then you publish the live stream also on YouTube, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's how I've done it. And uh, It's very new, but it's it's been fun. Yeah, but it's a very fun niche because it's like... It's like a very slow hangout, basically. You don't need to like <laughs> exactly. actually entertain people because just your painting is the actual entertainment. And then if you're talking or telling a story, that just adds on, basically. Yeah, it's brilliant. People have started taking out their sketchbooks. They listen to music. They do all kinds of things at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's wonderful. I think this could actually expand and be... Yeah, so people just sometimes need uh, kind of um, just to hang out and just have a relaxed time and... Um, be together in a very informal way. So I really, I really enjoy that. I totally get. It. I love love st- live streaming as well. It's so much fun, and it's it's a very fun way to interact with your audience that mm-hmm. you don't get to do with videos or photos and stuffing. Absolutely. I mean, you must know this much better than I do. That when you're talking to your camera, essentially you do talk to like forty, fifty thousand people. But of course, it feels like you're just having a camera in your room alone. Yeah, exactly. And that's a kind of a tricky part that a lot of people don't understand. I think because we are very social with the camera. But 90% of the time, I'm very alone in what mm. I do. Like, I have no colleagues. I have my girlfriend, Christina, and that's it, basically. Yeah. And then I can talk to Liana or you or um, you know, other YouTubers, but it's still 90% of my work hours is completely alone. So live streams is a very good way of yeah doing something different, basically. Yeah, 
definitely. But if we go back a bit, you're now living in Norway, but you haven't yes. always done that. No, so I lived in different countries. I was born in Austria, and I'm half German, and I moved to Norway when I was four. But then I um, studied in Australia, and then I studied in Germany. Yes, I've lived uh, in different countries at different times, and then I kind so of came back So what did you study? Later. I studied politics, political science. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, nothing to do with what I do now. But uh, the way I often like to describe it is that my studies kind of subsidized my painting education. Ah, okay, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense actually. But you're always using something from the education, like it doesn't need to be the actual politics maybe, but mm. it could be kind of a mindset you learned when you were studying basically. Uh, the international part was wonderful. Yeah, that's one so thing. So that's, exactly. that's something I really loved. So studying in Australia, I met people from everywhere, all over the world. And that was just amazing. And um, now the, my English improved greatly. And that's a very that's been quite beneficial now. Uh, so yeah, so there's always something that you can take with you. Absolutely, it was very very different than what I what I ended up doing. But I think that's very very okay. Yeah, but I think a lot of people do that that they're going after an education they think is the right right way at the time at least. But I think it's also okay to understand that it's okay to give up stuff even though you've invested a lot of years. Like uh, my dad my dad studied to be a oh I don't know that word in English. Um, to to stand, to take care of people's you know eyesight, uh, selling glasses. Uh, we mm -hmm. call it optiker in Swedish. Getting people contact lenses, glasses, and stuff. And he had to study for five years for that. And then he went to a store, started working there. And then quite shortly after, it's like, shit, I don't like this at all. <laughs> I oh, should God, do something yeah. else. He was very brave and like letting that go and understanding like, yeah, that was five years of my life. Now I want to go into do something else. Uh, how did you feel about your education and the politics? Well, it was very strange. Um, I, I love the topic uh, and I love the, I still listen to a lot of international relations and uh, politics podcasts. So I'm still really interested in the field, but I did it in a very strange way because I kept quitting uh, and then I painted and then I kept coming back. So it was kind of my fallback <laughs> position that whenever I didn't know what to do anymore, I studied again <laughs> and I always kept studying the same thing. Uh, and I've done a lot of the introduction courses. I've done like three or four times at different universities. So I studied at four different universities. I um, and then I kept coming back to painting. And uh, every time that didn't work, I came I came back to studies. So it's been a very strange path. So when did you actually decide to leave the politics and go full time painting then? That's actually not long ago. That's uh, like a year ago now. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that's quite soon. Yeah, so I've studied for, for a very, very long time, with huge breaks in between. And then, now that we opened our store, actually, I had this idea that I was, yeah, it's good, a good idea to finish, and so on, and that was kind of what I told everyone. And the second I learned that I could live from the store, I quit. I never yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you tell Can you tell the audience a bit about the store, if they don't know about it? Yeah, so me and Lena, we have an art store. And in that store, we sell things mainly that I paint and Lena's um, photos, so prints from photos. And um, I sell oil paintings and um, porcelain gla ca can glasses, small wooden talismans now, so lots of different things. And it's all handmade uh, by me and or printed by, by Lena. Yeah, and I will leave a link as well in, in the description of the episode if people want to check it out, of course. So oh, wonderful. they don't feel completely lost. Yeah, so we, we moved out here in the countryside two years ago. And then we decided, okay, we're going to take one year to prepare the store uh, and do everything right. And then we're going to open it. And um, 
that combined with Lena's uh, YouTube, that's really what made it successful. Was it nervous hitting publishing? Oh, uh, hitting publish on the website? <laughs> that was <laughs> so incredible. I was so nervous. I had no idea is it going to work? Is it going to sell? Is anything going to sell? I, I was so nervous. I thought I could die. I mean, within a few minutes, things started selling and it didn't stop. And within a few, and I think like two days, everything was sold out. Yeah, that's it just, amazing. It was just insane. Um, <laughs> I was just on a high for a few days after that. Was it almost like stressful as well? Because then you realized that you had to, you know, create even more to sell? <laughs> Yeah, I, I never thought that we would come to the point where I, I, I just, I can never actually create enough to fill the storm. But it's, it's uh, no, it's just been a gift. Really. It's just incredible. It, it's been my dream for such a long time. And to actually be able to live from what I actually like to do. It's been so long that I had to study. And then after I studied, then I could paint. And now I have to paint. It's wonderful. I almost wanted to have to do the thing that I want to do. And uh, now I can. So that's that's just been incredible. Would you have done it any differently if you could go back? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's difficult if you if you are at a place in your life where you're really happy. Of course, changing anything that came before could kind of ruin that. So in a way, no, because it essentially it led me here. But uh, it's been an insane path. I mean, I'm 30 now, and for like eight years, I've been kind of wandering in the wilderness. And it's been a lot of downs and times with horrible depressions. And um, it's been it's been really, really hard to get here. There are lots of things where I kind of w wish I would have, um, in a sense, done it differently. But obviously, since I'm here now, I'm really happy that I did it the way I did, because I can't imagine a better life than this. Yeah, I think that's a tricky part because like when you're sitting at your quote unquote like end goal, like I'm sitting in my cabin, I have the girlfriend, I have the dogs, I have the, the YouTube career, if you want to call it that. Like it's so easy to look back and like, oh, this is, is of course the path I needed to take. But when you're <laughs> in it, like you said, like going through depression, uh, doubting yourself, you know, studying the wrong things, then you're feeling so incredibly lost. So how did you get over that from like being depressed and doubting and going into believing in what you do and making that possible? Yeah, so for me, it was very strange. For a lot of people, um, it's kind of one path. They kind of gone through one horrible depression, for instance, and then they kind of find their way. For me, it went through a lot of that. So I kind of, I did that a lot of times. I kind of, I studied and I found it horrible. I got depressed and then I went to the countryside, I painted and then it didn't work. And then I went back to studies <laughs> and it just, it kept going. So I've been, I've, I've been through that journey so many times. But now, two years ago, me and Lena found each other. We just did it differently in a, in a more stable and careful way and actually really built it up. So it's only after, after, after that time, after this, that it's actually, that I've actually really gotten out of that spiral. Because I think what you can get into is this, yeah, this just this spiral of things. Okay, it's really great. Everything is going, everything is working. Oh, shit, it didn't work. Okay, I'm going to do that. And I'm, I'm going to be a good citizen. And I'm going back and doing everything right. And then the second things, I started feeling better. I said, oh, but I'm, I don't want to do this. So I went out again and <laughs> just kept going like that. Do you think you're going to change anything from what you're doing now in the future? Or is it going to be painting from now on? Oh, it's going to be painting. But it's going to grow, so it's going to be bigger, and um, we have lots of dreams, and we, we just want to expand, basically, and I could imagine having an actual store at some point. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, lots of different projects. That would be really cool. 
But no, that's this is going to be it. Yeah, you can easily see that when you're like, if you can have a live stream for two or three hours or doing YouTube videos, like <laughs> where you constantly talk about painting and the nerdiness you have in it, in a, in a good way, I mean. The way I'm nerdy about camera gear or camera angles or stuff like that. You're nerdy about paintings uh, or painting. And I can sit, you know, last night I, I, I was supposed to go to bed at like 10, but then I was like, nope. I just feel like, you know, sitting up and just continue working. Like I've been sitting and working for 10 hours already today. <laughs> but it's like, I just want to, I didn't want to do this small, small detail. And then I set up to like one or two o'clock and then uh, I fell asleep for a few hours, woke up at, I think it was six or seven. Hmm, I should maybe go down and continue because I, I really, truly love it going into the, all those details that people won't even see or care about, but I do at least. So how do you feel about being that kind of, nerd if i can call it that oh wonderful that's 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 brilliant it's uh, it gives you such such a joy what you do when you you can always just expand it there is no end for me inside there there will never come a point where i okay i've, I've done what i wanted to do with painting now i would like to do something else that's just not possible there's just an infinite amount of stuff i will never have a life that's long enough to explore everything i want to do can that be frustrating as well Oh, it can, definitely. Uh, I paint from imagination instead of painting from an actual something that I look at. So I have to learn everything beforehand before painting it. Yeah, because if you try to paint something and you're not looking at it, you'll you'll discover it, it really quickly that you have no idea how it looks. Um, so it's, it's very different than most. I paint very traditional paintings, but in an untraditional way. How did you start doing that? Well, I started to just learn painting on my own. And then I did paint a bit from pictures. But I noticed it was just so much easier than from my imagination. And every time I would, because I wanted to paint from my imagination, I didn't want to actually look at a picture. But doing the switch is very frustrating because every time you go back, you just feel like you, you know nothing and it's horrible and it's difficult. And I decided, no, I have to just do a strict rule, never look at something while I paint. Because then I have a steady progression. And from that point, I just decided, no, I will never look at anything while I paint. And that's kind of how it happened. And it, it looks very different. I've noticed later than if you paint from something and you have just a very different freedom because I started um, with uh, making small landscapes. So the way I paint is to create a landscape and I don't want to recreate something. I want to create my own thing. But that means that a lot of the things that I would like to paint are quite far away. So like dew on a, like a raindrop on a grass or all of these kind of things. It's just, yeah, it's going to take a long time to get there. I think about that when I look at your live stream sometimes. When you do your brush strokes, it feels so obvious to you where you're going to put it. When I when I'm looking at it, I I have no idea where he's going with his painting and I would, you know, second guess myself a thousand times before I made like an an extra tree on that hill or so how is that process? Oh, it's completely intuitive. It's uh that's that's the thing I love about it. The 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 technique that I kind of developed over the years. It's just it feels right. Um, I can't really describe it in a different, in an, in another way. The, the, the tree should be there. Uh, <laughs> and that's why I put it there. I kind of learned from myself. So I always base things upon things I've done before. And I, I have done it a thousand times before. So it's just, it's developed that way. So I think it's the same thing probably when you cut a video or something. I'm, I'm sure that now you kind of just, you do it. You know what to do. But if I would have to do all of the sound things and things that you do, I... I I would have to look up everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's always like, that's what I love about making some form of art because there's no correct way of doing stuff. It's just up to you. 
so if I cut my video in a specific way, that's how I'm gonna do it. And if you paint that extra tree, it's up to you. And no one can tell you that it's wrong either. Yeah, I like that. I really like that about it. And that's something I love about the fact that to paint from imagination, I can really just recommend that to people. Just start painting and see what comes. Because then you don't have to follow and you can't really, you don't have a reference point to tell you that it's not, it's no good. And you have just a very different kind of freedom. Is that an untraditional way of going for it? Like from yeah. imagination? It's very untraditional. So what people, what almost all painters do is that they have a reference painting. Or a, a photograph or they have drawings uh, of, of what they do. And they layer it differently. So they plan the painting and they will... Uh, draw with pencils and it's it's uh, the traditional way of painting is very structured actually it doesn't if you think about it it's not logical at all to have something that's structured for something that should be that free yeah i know what you mean a lot of that tradition comes from not being free at all because they had to recreate things a lot of landscape painting especially in the western tradition came from the fact that we wanted to recreate for instance just a, a noble person that was the main part of painting all painters just basically had to paint rich people or paint their castles or something like that and uh, the whole thing was to recreate to create a photograph basically so i've been really inspired by chinese landscape painting where the was the exact opposite uh, first of all landscape painting was much uh, higher than uh, portrait painting exactly the opposite as is the in the western world and uh, the imagination part was actually what was seen as um, the way of painting so i really like that that tradition if we drop paintings and art for a while, uh, I just want, I'm a bit curious about how did you end up going back to Norway? Because you were born in, was it Austria you said? Austria, yes. But you lived in a couple of years in Norway first and then you moved back to Norway. No, so I was born in Austria, uh, but we moved here when I was four in Norway, to Norway and then I lived here until I was 19. So I grew up in Norway. Yeah, so I, I am definitely Norwegian in that sense and I have a a strong Norwegian accent when I speak German. <laughs> so Norwegian is my mother tongue, absolutely. How has the, like, the cultures been in, in like, it must have been kind of a different thing going, growing up in, in Norway and then going back to the German culture? Yeah, it. It, was, it was very interesting. Um, so a lot of the culture that I have is just children's culture uh, that I know from Germany. So we celebrated Christmas in a very German way and we kind of had the old songs and so on, but I... I wasn't a teenager in Germany, so my German is very stilted and very grown up and very mild. So I know I know no swear words. I don't know any slang. <laughs> <laughs> and then coming to Germany, it's very strange because I grew my formative years were there, so it feels kind of like coming home, but you just you you haven't been there in such a long time. But that's the lovely thing about Lena because Lena is German, and. Uh, it's very strange because if I was just Norwegian, then two different cultures would have met. But with Lena, it's it's a it's a very deep part in me that is German. So it's 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 strange. We're kind of more German now than I ever was because we now have the <laughs> entire German culture. But you talk German with each other, right? Yes, we do. And we met in Norway, but we met at a horse farm where the proprietor she was German. Mm -hmm. okay. So it was a German-speaking environment where we met uh, in Norway. So and that we, was two years ago. Oh no, that was six years ago. Six years ago. Okay. We, we met. We met a long time ago, and we didn't come together until uh, four years afterwards. Okay, that's what I remember. For us, because I heard you saying two years that you've been together together. Yeah, exactly. So it took a while for you to understand that it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it you. took a long time. <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, meeting Lena was uh, kind of the 
for the, the, the moment where kind of things started falling into place for me, really meeting her there. That's kind of when everything in a way started. Is it also scary? I'm asking this because I'm in the kind of same situation with Christina. Like, is it scary also having all of those things you do in life, like uh, your income, your living situation, your, you know, as a colleague, you have everything in the same person, which is absolutely lovely. But can it be scary sometimes as well? Well, I mean, we built this shop together and I've never we actually never had this kind of stability um, before in my life. So in a way, it was much scarier without her and <laughs> without being together. Because, um, I mean, you had a proper job. I only had kind of side jobs um, so, uh, and, and so on. So I never had a stable life before this. So I don't have a reference point where I kind of had uh, more stability than I do now. And in that sense, it actually brings much more stability and safety than I've ever had, really. It's so important that you feel safe where you live and what you do for a living and your relationships and everything. Because if you're not feeling safe, at least for me, I can't create the way I want to. Definitely. That's absolutely. A stress for me is a absolute, it's a creativity killer and I get sick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, one reason too why we are out here in the forest and we need a lot of time and safety and space to, to create and, yeah. and to, to do what we want to do. Even if there's just one person coming by that day, none of us, we can't do anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we, we need a lot of space and a lot of and I know how I was before this kind of life. And it's um, very stressed out. I get very strange and I keep kind of um, bumping into things and I completely lose my head. Mindlessness, uh, mindlessness, I think you call it. Maybe you're picking up on the same things that I do because I can get a guest here, like you just said, for a day. And for midsummer here in Sweden, we had 12 guests and one or two of them stayed a week. Uh, oh, wow. I was lovely people and we had so much fun going on adventures, uh, playing music, recording videos, uh, just hanging out. After that, I was, I felt like I had the worst hangover of my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh yeah. I was completely drained. Like oh, yeah. I, I slept in, I didn't even sleep, but I went up to bed and I watched Netflix for, I don't know, 12 hours that day, easily. Just, I didn't leave bed. I went down, brought, um, made a sandwich and then went up again and then started watching. I was just completely off for almost 48 hours. Oh, that sounds so incredibly familiar. So I think I am what people could call, even though these boxes are kind of too rigid, but I am basically an extroverted introvert, which means that yeah. I kind of, <laughs> if you meet me, you'll think that I'm very extroverted and I get lots of energy from all of these wonderful people and I'm there and I'm smiling. And then afterwards, I'm just, I'm completely gone. Uh, it, it, nothing works. And yeah, I end up in a room. I don't want any light. I just want it dark and just watch something and just flip off. Um, yeah, that's that's exactly I feel too. Yeah, and that has nothing to do with the guests either. It's just like it can be my mom or no, dad no. or sister or best friend. It it doesn't matter. I just get so tired. And I actually thought yeah. when I was living in Stockholm that I was only the extrovert. I was like, but I love being around people. I love doing this and this and this. <laughs> but then I realized when I started to actually listen to my body and my mind and slow down when I moved here, like, oh, I actually like when I can just decide for myself or take a day off after or totally different from when I was living in the city. Yeah, it's very interesting. I thought I thought about uh, if I was going to uh, talk about this or not, but I think it's a good thing for a lot of people. Uh, so when I lived in the city, I actually, uh, when I was uh, 20 or something, I actually got diagnosed bipolar. And really? I, yeah, so it's the old manic depressive for those people who don't know about that. 
and I even took medication for some times off and on and uh, I had a diagnosis with it <clears throat> that my mood went really up and down a lot uh, even in a year then now living here two years nothing oh that's fascinating it's, uh, I don't take any medications it's it doesn't go up and down it's diagnosis was probably first of all <laughs> probably not properly right but even if it was it this kind of lifestyle seems to I'm okay now it's it's fine it's um it's it's quite amazing that as if, if when I got away from that stress and these loops and this constant bombardment from the outside it, it's okay and that's been an incredible realization uh, over time to just see that okay I'm I don't have to be like that uh, it, it's the environment so what have you learned about yourself since you moved out to the countryside I have learned that I need much more space and calmness than I thought <laughs> I mean I, I I have moved to the countryside off and on for years and I lived in a Mongolian yurt in in Norway in a winter for a year or completely alone basically on a farm and then in a cabin and then in a little tiny little house i've done this quite a lot but uh, not in this stable way not this kind of putting down roots so i've learned that i need safety too so it's not just about being alone and that's not really the point i mean we would like to have people around us too but this safety the space this um knowing what's going to happen and being able to control your environment that's been a godsend it's kind of funny how we have a culture here that is very different from uh, say denmark uh, where christine is from because up here i i have learned now after living here for i bought the place four years ago but i lived here one and a half now something um i've learned that people don't call before they show up they just show up uh, and oh. want like to hang out <laughs> and grab a coffee or uh, yeah just check in um, and then they can stay for you know mm -hmm. hours easily uh, but mm. Christina panics when that <laughs> happens because she, she's so used to people calling like hi I will be there at 12 o'clock and I will leave at 2 okay see you later uh, but here is just you know uh, we got two neighbors showing up two days ago we were totally in our work bubble I was sitting and editing and she was sitting and editing upstairs it was uh, dishes in the entire kitchen on the table, you know, laundry hanging everywhere. And she, Christina, just panicked. I was like calling up like, we have guests now. And she was like, what? Now they have to call before they show up. And I was like, no, that's that's not the way they work. Um, but it's very different out here. It's another kind of, it's like a never ending hangout almost because it's like, a, it's never a start and a stop. And not, no one decides when you show, show up and when you go home or people trust each other in a different way up here like a lot of my neighbors around here i know them they have their actually the main key to the house is hanging outside the door like visible on a hook oh yeah and <laughs> because they would rather like if someone needs something from the house yeah they can just open the door and go in and sure. get it yeah <laughs> and it's just that well, would never in happen in the city freak. just hearing that you talked about a bit of roots you said that you it's nice to settle down with uh, getting some roots down in norway and uh, trying to figure stuff out uh, but now you're actually in, was it November or December? You're leaving November. your current cabin, November, yes. and then going to a farm we that you guys have found. Finally. So we have, we, we knew that we weren't going to stay uh, where we are now. We're quite far off in the countryside here too, in the mountains. But we knew that we, we, wouldn't gonna, we weren't going to stay here because our dream is to actually have a farm. And uh, Lena loves horses and I have some experience with horses too. We were looking for a place to actually stay because both of me and Lena, we grew up in a very kind of sheltered little environments and then we kind of got uprooted 
both of us uh, when we were teenagers and we would really like to get back to that to this have this this feeling of being rooted somewhere and know that okay we can stay here we can get to know the place we can get to know the people so for a year now we have been looking and we have been looking everywhere um and this summer we went for a drive and looked at you don't know 50 80 different farms we just looked at google wow, earth and just found places that we found <laughs> yeah they are they were a lot of farms uh, so we just looked at google earth and looked okay that's a nice that looks nice let's go and see how it actually is and eventually uh, long story short eventually we found it in middle of norway quite a bit further north uh, than here but it's actually warmer because it's further further down yeah, so it's the elevation. I mean, just as in Sweden, the elevation has more to do with the climate, and especially in Norway because of the Gulf Stream. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. So that's even more different. So at the west coast, it's much warmer than um, than anywhere on Earth at that latitude. And then you're renting the cabin from November and forward. Exactly. So there's no end date in sight there. Uh, we're just going to see. We know that we want to stay at that in that area anyway. So what was it about the area? Because I mentioned in, uh, I remember in Liana's video, she talked about like the ambience when you just got there. Mm-hmm. Like what, what was it? Oh, it, it, it was everything. It was first of all, just that feeling that it was just right. We just felt it. And basically all of we kind of said that, okay, we had a kind of a little checklist, but it's not going to be too important. And of course, not everything has to be right. <laughs> but Jesus, every single thing on that checklist, um, turned out to be perfect. I can have a garden. I really want to have a garden. I love plants and I love things that grow. Um, and it's it's just insane because you have the, the high mountains above the tree line right next to it. And at the same point, you have a climate where I can grow all kinds of plants that I would like to have. You can have everything there. It's at the end of the road in a wonderful little valley. It's just, it has... A river, it has a lake, it's secluded, but it's still close enough to a little town. The mood, you know, sometimes you just get that feeling of just... I don't know if you've seen the or read The Hobbit, but they come oh, to yeah. a little... <laughs> yeah, so Behorn's house Yeah. in the middle of the forest. I always I remember reading The Hobbit and just this feeling of these bees and these animals there, and you just feel this this haven. This, this Everything is alive, basically. Yeah, everything's alive. And it's on its own. And it's just, it was that feeling. So we knew right away that we wanted it. And uh, the owners were quite surprised because they've only been renting it out for the summer. Okay. So they had put it up uh, online somewhere. So you went after that. Yeah, no. So we looked, no, no. So we lo- saw it in Google Earth and we had no idea. So we just perhaps oh, lived okay. there, perhaps not. And then we just looked up the address afterwards and then found out everything we could about it. And then we found it online and found, oh, they're actually renting it out. Okay, oh, perfect. really? That's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had no idea. Uh, a lot of the farms that we looked at, there were people living in there and had no plans of selling or renting it yeah, out. Yeah, of course. But it was just luck. I mean, it doesn't feel like luck. It feels like everything turned out right. But of course, if you look at it, it just looks insane that that, that would be like that. Um, yeah, but you also give it a lot of time. You took a whole year, like you said. Yeah. Went to a, a lot, lot of, of farms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of determination in that as well. Yes, this mixture, isn't it? I've, you probably have some experience with this as well. You have to you have to put a lot of effort in and then leave room for luck. Exactly. And the more you try, the more luck you have. Exactly. Absolutely. Going back to the name of this podcast, which is My True North, what would you say is your 
true north. Oh, it's actually following, following the heart, following what I was meant to do. It's it's so clear to me because <laughs> I know, for instance, Lena has it differently. She was actually able to have a steady, well, to a certain extent, but she had a job and she, she can power it through in a way. So she could have a life that she didn't want. A lot of people are able to do this. They have lives that they don't want to have, but they have enough willpower to, which is not a good thing, but they, they, can, they can do it. I can't. I get sick. And I noticed that every time I deviated from my path, which seems very clear to me what I was supposed to do, but every time I tried to do something else, I got sick uh, and depressed and I, I couldn't. Uh, so I've kind of had to follow my true north in a way there was in the end there was no no alternative and it's it's this kind of lifestyle it's uh, it's being able to paint and it's um, it's just this this feeling of calm and that things are right you know it shouldn't be hard life shouldn't be a struggle life should uh, should feel like like a river of course there are rocks and things in the way but it's it shouldn't be difficult and i've noticed that so many times that it gets difficult when i didn't follow my true north and when i do it just it it feels differently it feels easy it it feels right i have no there's no voice inside me at all that says oh but shouldn't you do this so wouldn't you want to live there instead or something if uh, when i do this it's just completely it feels right it feels obvious it feels very very obvious and that's uh, that's my true north very good answer first of all <laughs> It takes a lot of years sometimes to find that true north as well. Even though you maybe know that some deep something deep down, like that's what I should be doing. But like you said, a lot of people, including myself, thought that like, no, you're not allowed to do this. I thought for such a long time when I started living here, uh, even though I didn't have YouTube or like a steady income at all, I always had this like feeling that someone is going to come knocking <laughs> at my door saying like, Kalle, you need to grow up, you need to be an adult, you need to do what everyone else is doing, uh, you're not allowed to do this. And that was the feeling I had for quite a long time, actually. Oh, yeah. But then when I the YouTube channel took off and everything started to work, but it's still that bit of a feeling, like, I have too much fun. You know, like, <laughs> it's uh, am, I, am I allowed to have this much fun? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've heard you talk about this before, too, is this... Um this feeling that this shouldn't be allowed somehow. Um, and I know I, I listened through your uh, other podcast episode and you talk about this, that work should be hard. That's what you're told. Your work should be, a, it should be a struggle. You should, you should be relieved when you come home. Well, you, you should want to kind of just sit down on your couch and uh, be proud that you've done a hard day's work. Isn't that kind of what people, hardworking people are the good people of this yeah. earth <laughs> and they're, they're stressed and stress means that you're doing well so i think a lot of people are proud of their stress and uh, being able to actually live off of painting it just seems absurd <laughs> in a way it 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 does feel odd uh, to have a job that just doesn't seem like a job at all yeah sometimes it does does feel like the police are going to come knocking on my door and say oh sorry yeah. this was this was a glitch <laughs> uh, it wasn't meant to happen um we have a lovely little office where you could kind of plant bridges or something Definitely. It, it, it feels strange that this is allowed to happen. But I so hope that these, the things that we are doing can be an inspiration and a possibility for others, because I am sure that the world is so full of opportunities now. Yeah, I think it already is. Like, I see the people like hanging out on your live mm -hmm. stream or watching Liana's videos. I talked about this with the neighbors that were here two days ago, that it feels like a, 
I don't know if you had this uh, in Germany or uh, Norway, like it's called the green wave, like in the 70s where people actually left the cities and started living on the countryside. And last year, I think it was the first time in like forever that it was more people leaving Stockholm, which is the main capital of Sweden, more people leaving Stockholm than actually moving in. Because now oh, people yeah. have discovered, thanks to this uh, this whole corona thing, <laughs> that they can actually work from home, that there are other options than just sitting in an office. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good thing. Oh, absolutely. And a value change is so important too, that, uh, that stress isn't a sign that everything is going well. Now it's almost like a status symbol to have like a lot of things in your calendar. Like, no, I'm I'm completely busy for a week. Uh, but if you say like, no, I I have nothing to do this weekend. Like, do you want to hang out? No, no, I don't feel like it. But I'll oh, bet you you have nothing planned. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, exactly. I have nothing planned. I want to do yeah, nothing. Yeah, empty calendar is something to fill. It's kind of the the way to look at it. And and yeah, no. So I think a lot of people know this, uh, but it's scary. It's it's incredibly scary to to. I think it's so ingrained in us that uh, we should do what everyone else is doing and we should do what we think that everyone else wants us to do. And that's that's the power of um, doing these kind of videos that Lena is doing, for instance, that you just sometimes you just need to see one person do something else. And that might be enough to say, oh, wait a minute. It's, it, uh, it does something. It's very strange for so social beings that it doesn't need much, but it needs something. Exactly. And that's the same thing when it goes to, oh, what do you call that? We call it höjdhopp in Swedish, like uh, um, the sport when you run. Yeah, exactly. You jump, uh, you, you run and then you jump over a pole. You you jump with your back <laughs> against the, the pole. It's probably a very good word for it, of course, but high jump. Yeah. So okay, you, have the, you have the bar that you, you flip over. The first, the first people did like a sax thing with their legs and then jumped over that way. And then there was this guy that started jumping with his back against it and then reached new heights. But what I wanted to get with it was that <laughs> you said that you need to see one person do it. And a lot of people for a lot of years said it was completely impossible to jump over two meters. And then when one person did it, just a few weeks or a month after, other people started doing it because they had seen it was possible. Same things oh, yeah. with the, you know, running a marathon. It was, they said it was physically impossible to do it under two hours. And now someone has actually done it. And now other people are, they haven't reached it yet, but he quite recently did that record. So quite soon, a lot of pe- other people will break that record as well because yeah. they've seen it's actually possible. Yeah, that's 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 so true. A lot of people have that. So if you have, for instance, a doctor in the family or a lawyer or something, the chances that the children are going to be that are much, much higher. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, oh, it's possible. I know I can do it. And I think with this kind of lifestyle, too, and seeing that people are actually happy with it. And um, yeah, and I really hope that uh, as bad and awful as Corona has been for so many people, that it can bring something good with it. And um that might be it. Uh, in Norway, it's a huge problem. As I mean, Sweden has it even worse than Norway, but it's been um, just a flight from the countryside. So the countryside is kind of emptied out. Yeah, the same here in our village. It's kind of sad that a lot of houses is just standing. Yeah. No one is living here. They're visiting maybe a week a year or something, if tops. Do you think you would have a different career right now if you didn't have your artistic parents? Oh, that's that's an interesting question. Um, probably. Uh I know that I am very much of a... I know I, I do get sick when I, when I don't do what I should do, but I try very hard to do what everyone else is doing. Uh, so the reason why I studied was the fact that I... It was clear to me, of course I have to study. 
that's what you do. You you get a bachelor's degree. I, that's there, there was no thought behind there. I'm not a person that really likes to stick out in that way. So definitely, I, I'm not sure. Lena always laughs when I say that, oh, I could have ended up in an office because I would have gotten yeah. sick way before <laughs> that even yeah. was a possibility. So, <laughs> so maybe it's so deep in me that I would have done it anyway. So it's a bit difficult because my parents couldn't really live off of their artistic uh, work. And my father ended up in uh, computers. And my mother eventually stopped with... Um, with performing and uh, started doing other work too so i kind of it was kind of both i saw that that was so that was kind of respected from their point of view but at the same time my mother always warned me don't go into working for yourself for instance it's too unstable <laughs> and it's um, so much work and uh, it's um i because she knew how difficult it was she always had to work at christmas and um basically kind of warned me off it in a way. So yeah, that but sense, at the same time, um, I go ahead. <laughs> no, in that sense, it's just, um, it was quite new. So the thing that I had to do now is really to create my own path, because especially that's actually an interesting topic to almost all artists in Norway, and I think that's true in Sweden too, that can live off of art. They live from subsidies from the state. They don't actually live off the things that they sell. And I don't get any subsidies. We live off of uh, the store. Uh, but that's because I started to produce in a very different way than other artists do. So I'm kind of something in between of an artist and an artisan. And I create at a much, much higher speed than almost anyone else. And that's the only reason why that works. And you're also having a possibility that your parents didn't have, which is the internet, basically. Yeah. You can. Your mom didn't have live streams. No. Uh, your dad didn't have TikTok or Instagram. No, so he sold his art at the, um, <laughs> at the docks. <laughs> basically had open markets and you couldn't live off of that. And it, without YouTube and without Lena, I mean, I, I had tried making online stores, creating them uh, on my own. It didn't work. I mean, Lena is a web designer who makes movies. It's just, it's, it's just a match made in heaven, really. Uh, <laughs> so it's very, when people ask me for advice, how they could do it, it's difficult because it's such a unique situation. But it's still not impossible. It is not impossible at all. And the the thing with the internet now and with Etsy stores and uh, with all of the different possibilities that you have, it is, it is really, it is absolutely possible. And I think the more that people do it, the more other people can do it. I think what we're calling uh, a stable job these days is very different from what, from what it was like five or 10 or one year ago. You know, it's switching so fast. Just, I mean, the title YouTuber, uh, it was kind of a joke a few years ago. And now it's a profession. I saw uh, a YouTuber I follow that's called Peter McKinnon, like a camera gear nerd, uh, very good photographer. He named one of his videos just a YouTuber. Uh, and then he showed what goes into being a YouTuber. He's like, I'm a whole fucking production team right now. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I'm the lighting person. I'm the <laughs> cinematographer. I'm the actor. I'm the editor. You know, the whole thing. And have gear for like actually millions now. Uh, but I've done it for a lot of years and then just just a YouTuber because it's still kind of a... If I'm saying I'm a YouTuber to a person that is a bit older than me, like mm -hmm. 50 or 60, they're going to like, aha, okay, fun. Um, so what do you do for a normal job? I was like, no, that's, that, that's, that's my job. But if you say that to a person that is 30 and under, I would say, that is more respected. Same thing when it comes to like YouTubers started to get a bit more respected in that sense. But I still think that if you say that you are a TikToker, mm, that yeah. is even like YouTube was before almost. Oh, uh, because it's such a new trend. Yeah, so it's always like that. And I see that with uh, Lena too. And I mean, just thinking that you guys, you and Lena, 
I mean, more people watch your videos than a lot of our official um, newscasts. And uh, I mean, <laughs> so, so I mean, if, if the sense is that how many people are actually watching, then a lot of these channels are much bigger. And the quality is just, I mean, from your videos and of Lena videos, they, I mean, much greater production quality than a lot of the documentaries you have on uh, television. And that's the kind of the gray area right now, because it's, we haven't really figured out like how we should earn money on it in a good way. Because people are complaining about it if it's something about behind a paywall, uh, like a Patreon or a sponsor that's going on or something. But it's we're so used to getting YouTube for free. We're getting this podcast for free. Uh, we're not just used to paying for this stuff because we haven't found like a, a mal, a, a sketch for it, how we should actually earn money on it. So that's kind of a gray area still, I feel like. Oh, definitely. I mean, you struggle with this, obviously, with, with kind of how... I mean, it's, it's preposterous. We would never have gotten to this idea with kind of, okay, I'm going into a store and I'm just, yeah, they're going to take this this car with me or something like yeah. that. <laughs> um, exactly. We shouldn't really be getting these things just for free. And, um, and then getting surprised that you have a, a sponsored content or something like that. It, well, if that's the price I have to pay it, it, to actually be able to see it, then I'm happy to do it because things aren't free. I mean, we, we shouldn't expect that. I noticed that when I started using some music in my videos too. And I said, wait a minute, I'm actually using the create something. Someone else has created this. And yeah, <laughs> it's it's just, yeah, it's, it's so new. And um, so the, the thing that I am thankful for is that I have things that I can sell that may, just makes it so much easier because it just, it's clear cut. But I mean, for artists, for instance, too, um, it's, we don't have a, good way of doing it uh, yet and it's just yeah it's going to take some time yeah but i think it's an in interesting time as well because oh, yeah. everything is open-ended and it's going to be really interesting to see where all this is in five years if you know how live streaming looks or how uh, selling painting on a web shop looks um, i think it's going to look very differently in a few years yeah, I'm very hopeful. I can see that a lot. Uh, so many artists, I get a lot of questions like this. How can I live off of my art? I would like to be an artist, but I see no way of doing it. It's the only thing I really want to do, but I have to go to my job. And all the artists that I see around me are creating things I don't understand. And they get uh, only a few people get a lot of money from either the state or 0.001% can actually sell things for enormous amounts and the rest can't and I am sure there are better ways I am sure of this and I mean our store has already kind of showed that there's an interest there is a different world out there and I think it's it's being created I'm just not sure in which direction it's going yeah but that's the fun part as well we'll just have to wait and see and it's actually up to us also how to form it in that absolutely. sense absolutely so people that want to reach you or hang out on your live stream or get in touch with you how do they get in contact with you my Instagram is Joachim Ingolstadt and that's probably the best way to reach me uh, for, for to see videos and so on. It's actually Lena's, <laughs> Lena Hennings, <Yeah. laughs> which is uh, to a certain extent our main portal and uh, where you can see kind of our life. My YouTube isn't really developed yet. You can reach it through my Instagram. But yeah, so those are the main places. And of course, our art shop, which is Art of Nature. And I'll again leave the links down below so people can just click on them. So they will find you in an easy and fast way. Is this something you would like to recommend before we wrap up? I think a life tip then, it's um, patience with your life dream. Just talking from my own experience is that I have noticed that now and it's such a wonderful thing to discover because I, like a lot of people, was very impatient trying to reach my goal. And now Lena is much more patient than me. 
And I've noticed just doing one small thing and just moving very slowly but incrementally and continuously creates the biggest change. So for those who would like to be an independent artist, have patience, do continuous work on it. As long as you're moving in the right direction, just take your time. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. It, I said like this to Liana as well, like it's just feel like, you know, starting the conversation and then sitting down with a friend talking because I have never talked to you before like this. Ever. That's true. Yeah. Power of the internet, basically. Absolutely. No, thank you that you uh, wanted to have me here. And it's, I've had a really nice time and it's uh, fun to actually finally see you and uh, to be part of this wonderful, wonderful podcast and uh, that we can all follow our true north. Thank you. And we'll talk soon again. Talk soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Joachim Ingelstad. I really hope you liked the episode as much as I did. If you want to check out Joachim's work, you will find the links below in the description. But before you leave, I want to give you a teaser of the next episode of this podcast. The guest is none other than a guy called Adrian. He works for Jonna Jinton. You've probably seen him in her videos as well. Something had to change. Work was crap. Life was crap. You're stuck in these tiny little houses. You go out in the middle of the night. There's always people around. There's no, there's no privacy. There's no um, aloneness. You can't be alone. There's always someone there. I hated it. The horrible thoughts are so easy to listen to. Yeah so difficult to ignore but just think good things are coming to everyone I, I truly believe that positive thinking has a positive effect on your life I've learned that to think in positive and it actually happens I consider myself one of the luckiest people in the world to be working for your friend doing something you truly love it doesn't happen often that episode with Adrian is coming out in some weeks but I have good news you can listen to the episode today before anyone else. If you haven't heard, I have created a platform called Nebula. I built it together with my other creator friends. And right now, we at Nebula have teamed up with CuriosityStream. CuriosityStream is the place to be if you like documentaries. So by signing up to CuriosityStream, you will get a personal invite to Nebula as well. And then being able to listen to the episode with Adrian in full before it comes out and before anyone else hears it. Just click the link in the description of this episode to sign up. It's only $15 for a whole year. You get access to all my bonus materials and always gonna be the first one to hear my new podcast episodes before anyone else. And if you have any questions about it, just reach out to me on Instagram and I'll guide you through it. Thank you for listening and we'll talk soon again. Bye-bye.